you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, 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 Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not a ton. You know, it's uh, we're still kind of in the swing of free agency, and uh, you know, we spent all day waiting for a free agent safety signing, and we got one. But uh, I don't know if it's the one that everyone was looking for. Yeah, this is like when you ask for like a, a PlayStation or something uh, on Christmas and you get socks instead. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, you need yeah. socks. You need these things. It's just not the most exciting sure. thing in the world. Uh, so the Cowboys did sign a safety, I believe, was it late Wednesday night. Uh, they agreed to a one-year deal with J. Ron Curse. Uh, who played with the Vikings and actually ended up on the Ravens practice squad last year. It's not DeMonte Casey or Malik Hooker, uh, but it is a safety. Landon, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a really a very – this is the safety equivalent of the Carlos Watkins signing, right? Where it's – this is the guy that, you know, you signed him. He's going to – he could give you some snaps – he will probably play on some special teams, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he got cut because uh, they drafted some guy that they liked at safety, and then they also signed another free agent safety. So, you know, if you look sure, at the roster sure. right now, uh, this guy is battling it out for the third safety spot with uh, with some of the other folks that we didn't necessarily want playing safety in the first place, like Darian Thompson. So, um, yeah, I, this is again. I go back to what we talked about, uh, I think it was last week. Don't pay such heavy attention to the order that these guys are signed. You know, That's the most important thing. I, I wish we could tell people, do not pay attention to the order because it does no, not this, matter. It this guy not is not a more important safety than if they sign Kazee you know, tomorrow uh, be, just because Correct. he got signed first. The deal was was good. Uh, you know, I think for some of these guys who are on the uh, kind of – fringe rosterable t- level talent level I-, I think some of them are jumping are, are offering their services probably at, at really great prices just to get on a team to be certain you know to, to try to get sure. the year so sure. i think for the cowboys when they see that kind of thing they'll jump at it really quickly because it's available and why not right but that doesn't mean that they're done sure. or that this is the solution or that you know this is you know what their big spending for uh free agency at, at free safety i think it's more just that they they need this body they needed another safety i don't you know obviously this if, if this is an indictment on anything it's an indictment on Derek and Thompson uh, and, and that's exactly what it is and Stephen yeah. Parker right so you look at the Cowboys depth chart right now at safety right Keanu Neal has been injured he's really a box safety though Donovan Wilson box safety outside of that Landon it's Reggie Robinson who I don't believe took a snap on defense last year Darian Thompson who is bad uh and then steven parker like yeah. that's that's your entire safety room you needed somebody at the very worst that is just a body there and more importantly you needed the guy that could play special teams because a lot of your safeties and corners are your key special teams guys 
they just didn't have one, so they they needed this guy. Yeah, and Reggie, you know, and just even on that list, Reggie Robinson very likely might end up playing cornerback too. So that's that's even one less person that they have there. So they needed numbers because I mean I don't know that they prefer you know preferred to bring back. Stephen Parker or Thompson at this point. And, and, you know, this is a different coaching staff, so they're going to view safety differently than it seems like some of the other previous coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, again, I think that this is a signing for special teams. This is a signing for a, a guy to, you know, be that emergency play on the field safety because the problem was last year you got you got injured at so many points that you're playing Stephen Parker, that you're playing Darian Thompson mm-hmm. regularly, and that at some point I think you were even hoping that Darian Thompson would come back from injury, which is a terrible place to be. You know, you you, you want to have solid backups who could come in and give you good snaps uh, in game in case yes. something goes wrong. Yeah. So again, I, I think there's a pretty good chance that Curse doesn't even make the yeah. roster. So that's why. We're not getting too excited about it. We're not too down on the signing. It's just Insurance. they needed a veteran body. And the thing is, this curse has played yeah. a lot. I mean, he is somebody who has started 12 games in the NFL. Has he been fantastic when he's played? No, but he does have a lot of experience on special teams. Um, before we, we kind of transition, Landon, sounds like there's nothing imminent between Malik Cooker and DeMonte Casey yet for the Cowboys. I'm going to ask you, do you expect one of these guys to ultimately sign with the Cowboys? Maybe. Uh, you know, I, I think ultimately, look, if they don't sign, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, they won't sign, right? Like, just because it hasn't happened yet, it, there's also the opportunity that they're kicking tires on these guys and they'll wait until the other side of the draft to sign somebody, you know, just to see if these guys are still available at that point. Uh, and, and they don't, and they get through the draft without maybe, you know, getting a guy that they like. That's possible. They can circle back with some of these guys. You know, I, I think, I think we, we have to consider here is both of these guys, Kazee and Hooker, uh, both of them were, were, you know, required to come in to, to take medical exams, and and I think that there is the, mm-hmm. the the chance that things didn't go well on the medical side. So uh, for for either of these guys, so if we don't hear back from them, it doesn't mean oh the Cowboys didn't like it or they're not interested in spending here. They may have brought them in and and had the guys look at them in the medical room and just be like, mm, this isn't they they don't look right. I mean they both are just coming off of Achilles injuries, so I mean I think that's well known. But I, I also think that there are – these players might be at different stages of their career, you know? That's, and, well, and, and the I, medical I, staff may be the ones that actually need to determine that as, as more than – in a way that we can't see, you know? So it's, it's very difficult to determine. That's fine. I, I would also add that we kind of heard some – at least I heard some whispers that the, actually the medicals went pretty well for both players. One of the problems that they had yesterday is – Will McClay was out doing some scouting, so he wasn't at the facility with Hooker and Casey. And it sounds like they all wanted to get together and talk about what they wanted to do before they made a signing. So would not surprise me, Landon, if we see maybe a deal from one of these guys in a couple days. I saw Mel- Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News uh, said the Cowboys have reached out to DeMonte Casey's agents uh, to talk potentially about a deal. But again, nothing imminent. So just something to pay attention to. I I do expect one of these two guys to get signed. Um, I'm just not expecting it to be right now. It might be a little bit further once we get through. Maybe we get to the draft or after the draft. And we'll see how that goes before the Cowboys ultimately bring in one of these two safeties. 
Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Lana, before uh, we, we talk about some draft-related stuff, I do want to mention something from Mike McCarthy's press conference that he had on Tuesday. For the most part, there wasn't a ton to take out of it. It was this typical you know, pre-draft combine that we, or pre-draft interview that we typically see. Uh, and again, this isn't really breaking news because we know what the Cowboys did with their salaries uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but Mike McCarthy said that Lyle uh, Collins and Tyron Smith, they look fantastic. Collins is very close to being ready to go. And they're both working out uh, at the practice facility. Uh, how good of news is that for the Cowboys? It's great news. Yeah. And like you mentioned, that's kind of what we had been, you know, hearing whispers of uh, in the wind anyway. So, so to have that confirmed is great. Uh, and I And I think, like you said, the fact that they were, uh, ex- you know, flipping triggers in their contracts, that doesn't read like they're about to, to be imminently cut, you know, obviously. Yeah. So uh, it's good to have confirmation from the coach's mouth that, that they're in the, the weight room, that they're working out, that they're close to getting back to where they need to be to get on track for next season. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not really surprising. Uh, all their all their uh, motions up until now seem to indicate that. So uh, it, it is just good to kind of get it straight from the horse's mouth that, you know, you do expect Leo Collins, you do expect Tyron Smith to come back. And, you know, I think maybe that kind of reaffirms the idea that maybe the Cowboys aren't going to feel beholden to drafting a, a tackle in the top three rounds. I mean, that doesn't mean that they won't if it's available and the, sure, the, the, sure. if the, you know, the price is right, the value is right. Um, but I think that, you know, the idea that they need to go out and, and imminently sign a, a, a tackle, tackle in order to kind of yeah. get something ready for, I think they were probably okay for at least another year. Uh, it, 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 you know, especially now with Nitschke in, I think you've got at least a plan for 2021. If you wanted to plan 
for the future, draft somebody that's talented at that spot, that's another thing. But you don't feel – I just feel like that, that right. extra bump that tackle would, would get if it was a need – uh, maybe that that it's it's lowered back down to the kind of the rest of the positions where if there's a talent there take him but we're not giving extra grade yeah exactly because yes. uh, we're yes. feeling obligated to draft a tackle they're not going to have to reach in that position if they don't want to so uh more dra- or, you know nuggets coming out of mike mccarthy's press conference we're actually doing it as it's going along kind of following along on twitter uh, i want your reactions on this one landon mike mccarthy says that kiana neal is going to start off with the linebackers in training camp is that surprising with to you no i mean just because that's kind of what they were talking about um, you know, and, and that's what the whisper is about. And, and frankly, you know, when people were pushing back on that, it, it, it felt like it was it felt like it was company spent. You know, it felt like it was someone uh, trying to, uh, you know, put a lid on something that is maybe not official, maybe not told to all the players yet, maybe not, um, uh, you know. Um, you know, maybe Leighton Vanderush and Jalen Smith weren't aware yet that this is the case, and, and so uh, I think. Uh, it's not surprising because it's a little bit what we talked about. And then obviously when uh, it, that, that was tweeted out that, that there was consideration about him playing linebacker, I think people like you, mm-hmm. me, and everybody else you know, did tons of speculating on exactly what he would look like as a linebacker and, and, and you know what that would, would, would seem like. I, you know, I think it's a good fit. I mean, I think he plays a kind of linebacker position anyways. You know, he's he's as much of a linebacker as uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is. So, I, I mean, I guess if, if we're, <laughs> yeah, we're going to sure. start... I, I think he's more of a linebacker. I mean, if we're going to start calling those guys linebackers, if that's where we're going in the modern NFL, which, you know, very possibly with as much passing sure. as we're doing... Uh, then yeah, I don't. I don't see a world where you can call JOK a linebacker, but you can't call Keanu Neal linebacker. Yeah, uh, I like this because we're going to talk about later on picks that we would hate for the Cowboys <laughs> at number ten. Uh, I like that we're calling Keanu Neal linebacker. It may eliminate one. Uh, yeah. I, one, yeah, it may it may eliminate a guy at yeah. number ten. One more bit of breaking news from Mike McCarthy's press conference. He's just given us a whole bunch of nice. good stuff yeah. today. Uh, Tyrone Crawford uh, will retire. Uh, had a really fantastic career with the Dallas Cowboys. Drafted in 2012. Uh, was drafted to be a five technique. Played defensive tackle. Got a big contract. Played defensive end later in his career. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tyrone Crawford hanging? You know, out? I think Tyrone Crawford is going to go down as one of the uh, most underappreciated Cowboys uh, maybe ever. Yes. You know, and, and listen, yeah, I certainly have his decade. He, he yep. paid for it. Like I mean, he got paid properly for it. And I think that's part of the issue is that, you know, the Cowboys did sign him to a big time contract uh, because they saw a guy that they liked the potential of. And I totally understand that part. The contract was not worth what they signed it, to be clear. I mean, like, I, I don't think no. anyone's arguing that. But I think that the idea that Tyron Crawford didn't give incredible value to this team is incorrect. Uh, he was a, an incredible right. glue yes. guy in that locker room, uh, an emotional leader, a, a guy who gave you good snaps when his body was beaten up uh, to a pulp. Uh, you know, listen, for for being his body type, he was one of the most explosive off-the-snap players on the Cowboys team each year. Like every single yeah. year we yeah. would go to, I would go to training camp and I, and I would be shocked again every year how quickly he explodes off the line versus a lot of the other guys on his line on, on his line mate. So, uh, 
kudos to him for an incredible career, a long, illustrious career. Maybe not one uh, that filled with a bunch of Pro Bowls and that sort of thing, but but uh, Tyron Crawford was a very good player for for a good period of time. Um, yes, and, and, and to his credit, he got paid like a great player. So uh, I think he's had a, a really fine career. I wish him absolutely nothing but the best. Uh, uh, and and I and I love. Uh, what the legacy that he leaves uh, with the Cowboys defensive line room, I think uh, will be carried on by his best friend D law uh, for a couple more seasons, at least <laughs> to me, he's just the ultimate type of defensive lineman that like Rod Marinelli loved, right? A guy that could play multiple positions, a guy that was undersized to play inside, but he did it anyways, without complaining, despite having a bunch of injuries and was pretty productive, not as productive as his contract would suggest, but a guy that was very valuable to the Cowboys. And, Landon, I think about all these off-seasons where, you know, they told him, hey, okay, we yeah. want you to slim down. You're going to play defensive end. And then two days before the season starts, hey, you're Someone our 73 technique at yeah, 270 exactly. pounds. It's like, okay, he- I'll do it, and he'll play – Play he would well. complain. Like he, he wouldn't complain. He would say that he preferred to play outside than inside, just because he would get beat up. But he would never sure. not do it, and he did it every single time. Yes. He kicked inside, yes. back outside, inside, back outside, wherever they needed. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, outside of the contract thing, uh, he was a consummate pro, and and I and I and I yes. really think that they will miss a certain amount of his uh, attitude and his aggression, uh, his leadership. For sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, just a fantastic third round pick. You know, in that 2012 draft, Cowboys traded up for Morris Claiborne and did not work out. They stood there in the third round, took Tyrone Crawford. It really saved that draft because they really didn't get anything other, you know, anything else from that class. Having a reliable guy like Tyrone Crawford, even when he, he tore his Achilles, I believe it was his second year in his in his career, to able to be able to come back from that and be a productive player uh, is very, very impressive. Just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, we got some pro day updates. Uh, yesterday, we had a really, really fun one with JC Horn at South Carolina. Uh, testing like an absolute rock star, right? He in the relative athletic scoring, uh, which looks at all cornerbacks coming into the NFL draft since 1980, he tested as the most athletic cornerback of all time. Even better than Byron Jones, better than Darrell Rivas, the most athletic corner of all time. Uh, that's at, what two days after Patrick Sertan put on a show at his pro day, and now there's a real fight, I think for who's the number one cornerback in this class. Uh, I think at the very least, we've got another really solid option for the Cowboys to consider at number 10, yeah, correct? Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, you lose Caleb Farley as one option at 10. Yeah, you gain J.C. Horn as another option. You know, to me, I think J.C. Horn was a was an option at 10, you know, before all this, just because yeah. he has that kind of, you know, a lot of the same pedigree that we're talking about with Sertan Horn has all of that as well. You know, he played in the sec. He, he played uh, a lot of snaps. He played a lot of press. He's, he's an impressive first. He's got first round tape. Um, you know, I think, uh, 
he is and, and I and, and listen, I, I think there's a lot of players, people out there that are uh, that put Horn above Sertan, and I and I can, you know, pick your flavor. That's I totally understand that. So, I saw Eric Crocker, uh, yeah. one of the better defensive back guys on Twitter, has him as number one. I've seen I've, I've seen quite a few people put Horn at number one, and honestly, I it's not hard to make that argument. I know Jeff Cavanaugh has done the same. Uh, I I don't necessarily agree, but it's not hard to see the argument. Absolutely, why. yeah, and, and I, I I you know I, that's where I'm at too. Is that I've got Sertan higher, but I certainly am not going to poo poo someone for for putting Horn higher because they're because they're close, you know. And I think with cornerbacks, yes. it's a lot about flavor. It's about what you like in a cornerback. It's about how you're how, what kind of defense you're playing. So I, I think there's plenty of room for disagreement there. Look, I, I think both Sertan and Horn um, surprised. Uh, 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 at least me with with their athleticism, at least their testing. I, I don't yeah. know that I thought yeah. that they were going to be bad testers by any stretch of the imagination. I, th- I think Sertan. We thought good, but maybe not elite. Yeah, yeah, like, like this, especially right. Sertan. Sertan, if anything, the the knock on Sertan is uh, is a lack of of straight speed, and, and I don't know that like the forty time necessarily kills that. You know, I mean, I think that there is something to no, it. No. But I think what it does show you is that a lot of the perceived slowness issues with Sertan uh, were perceived, right? And I think with J.C. Horn, yeah. you see a lot more of that speed. You know, you see uh, he, he, I think, utilizes it a lot more maybe than Sertan does because I think Sertan just plays with a natural level of calm, right? Uh, Horn's a little more frantic, a little bit more in your face, uh, you know, so I think he ends up using that a lot more. But again, I, I, I don't know that anybody anticipated him being, like you said, the number one uh, relative athletic scored cornerback uh, uh, in in grading history, you know? So, but again, mm-hmm. I don't know that that was necessarily something that Byron Jones was expecting to do when he showed up at the combine. I think mm-hmm. that people thought he was a, a good athlete, but not, you know, breaking world records in the broad jump good. You know? So, um, I think these guys end up being a lot more athletic than we think, you know, because they're having to go against wide receivers. They're having to be uh, reactive athletes, which requires even that much more athleticism than than playing wide receivers. So uh, we shouldn't be shocked. uh, And we also shouldn't overreact to this and try to, you know, wildly shift these guys, uh, uh, you know, tiles up and down the board. This is, if anything, this is confirming what the tape is showing. So don't overcount it. You know, don't count it twice, as they say. Uh, he, he, the, the athleticism that you see on tape is is, is confirmed by the testing, uh, but that's all it should be doing is confirming, not necessarily moving guys' tiles up uh, up and down on all around. Yeah, th- this doesn't mean the Cowboys should go up and try to trade for <laughs> J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan. Like they're they're going to be fine sitting there at number ten. Would not be surprised if both guys are available and the Cowboys are having to make their pick between these two. So that's that's the way, the best way to handle well, let, this. Let's let's let's, let's talk, talk about, about some, t- some ways that they would not be good at ten. If, uh, if there's some potential scenarios that may happen where ten is not a uh, a good situation for the Cowboys to be in. Yeah. So uh, Penn State, uh, they had a pro day today, Landon, and their athletic guys tested athletic. I don't. I Shocker. really don't know what else to say. Jason Jason Owa. Uh, the report, you know, I remember last offseason from Bruce Fieldman of The Athletic was he was going to run a 4-3-7 40-yard dash. I think he ran a 4-3-6 official today. Uh, Micah Parsons ran, I believe, a 4-3-9 official at 240 pounds. Got, these are freak athletes. We've known this for years now, so don't don't get crazy here. Yeah. Um, 
My problem with Micah Parsons is, first of all, it's a linebacker. It's a linebacker who opted out of the 2020 season, and he's not somebody who is especially good or comfortable in coverage. And that has me concerned, Landon, because I know there's a lot of people that think that could be an option for the Cowboys at 10. I'll be honest, I think that's one of my, not one of, that would be my least favorite pick the team could realistically make at that spot. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I tend to agree because, you know, there's a lot of hype around his athleticism. He's clearly a freak of nature. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, <laughs> normally I would say you would be disappointed in running only three tenths of a second slower than the defensive lineman on your team if you're a linebacker. <laughs> but I think it's okay in this specific scenario. Three one hundredths yeah, of a second, Yeah, exactly. Right? Sorry, three one hundredths of a second. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but I think it's okay in this situation. Look, I, I think – there's a lot there's a lot to like about Micah Parsons upside mm-hmm. but I think there's equally if not more to not to not like about everything else you know there's red flags yes. all up and yes. down this guy whether it's off the field the whispers that you hear about some of the stuff that happened at Penn State the last few years the the you know the the maturity questions maturity, that have come in at different yep. times. Uh, his play is not exactly a one to one for what anybody's going to be playing at linebacker, and he d- doesn't have a ton of experience at linebacker. He has a lot of athleticism. He has a lot of experience playing yep. football. He is a highly you know thought of a football athlete. That that you know a high recruit. There's 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 a reason that he's on these lists. But I mean, as far as what you've seen on tape relative to where you're thinking about drafting a guy it's a lot like greg rousseau to me you know i i think i wouldn't put rousseau in the same category of off-field problems or, or that yeah, sort of thing. yeah yeah but you're the projection part of it's the so much projection um, he missed a whole season he's a highly athletic huge upside guy but i mean there's not a ton on tape for me to like feel steady about you know it's it's a ton of projection with these guys yeah, there, there is a lot of projection. Uh, coming out of high school, he was a defensive end. He's only played linebacker two years. And then again, opted out. Uh, Penn State tried to hide him a little bit in coverage. When he did cover, it was only like flats yeah. that he tried to cover. Um, and then like, why, why, why think, have all that athleticism? Like that, if, you, if you can't cover and you've got all that athleticism, really you're just a glorified run and hit linebacker, at will linebacker. And is that's not worth a top 10 pick, right? Well, I do find it interesting that the Cowboys had interest like in Kenneth Murray last year, right, at pick number 17. I feel like they're very similar style of linebacker, so maybe I'm missing something here. Uh, But, Landon, I think there might be some people out there listening that are wondering, okay, you guys did a podcast yesterday on some of these second-round corners that you liked. Isn't the better draft sequencing here to go linebacker at 10 and then grab one of those corners that you love at 44? Isn't that the better scenario? I don't agree, but what are no, your thoughts? No, because I don't, I don't feel like linebacker is a need like that. Like, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel that I have to come out of the first three rounds with the linebacker. I know some other people may feel that way, but especially now that Keanu Neal is <laughs> going to be starting out with the linebackers. I mean, give yeah. me a fourth round linebacker. I mean, I don't, like, there's tons of tons of people have tons of success with with later round linebackers, and it's one of the few yes. positions that yes. you can draft a starter a little bit later uh, later on. Uh, yeah, all the early linebacker. I mean, give me Jamin D- Davis. I think is his name from the Kentucky yeah, kid. Like, yeah, yeah. give me that guy all day in the in the late third or fourth round. Like, I'll take that. Like, I just did. You see, uh, Mel Kiper had a mock to number seventeen to the Raiders serious? this week. 
So maybe not. Maybe don't give him. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe. maybe. No, but there are guys. Like there's there's a kid from Purdue yep. that we like quite a bit. a bit. There's also uh, Jabril Cox. Yep, yep who yeah, I like exactly. Uh, quite like, a. All those guys are available at a much guys. Uh, you know lower rate at an appropriate value to their position. Um, and, and I think all of them can kind of give you what you need at the position. You don't need a. Uh, you've got. You spent a lot on linebackers. You've already spent two two top fifty picks on linebackers. Uh, you've you've also just signed a guy who you like a lot to play linebacker. Uh, you don't need to spend another top one hundred pick on linebacker right now. I, I I think you that is a position that even though you still feel like you maybe want to add talent there. You can do that in the fourth. That's one of the positions you can do that yes. in the fourth round. So so wait and, and let's get something like get another defensive tackle if you need. Get another uh, uh, edge rusher. Get mm-hmm. you know uh, definitely a cornerback and safety. But you know what I'm saying? Like I don't feel like linebacker is like right there with uh, with those other positions. It's it's not it's not. And then on top of that, the positional value yeah. just doesn't make yeah. sense, right? Because if you're weighing a corner or a linebacker, give me the elite cornerback prospect Absolutely. versus the elite linebacker prospect. And listen, a little little nugget here. I don't really feel like Michael Parsons is an elite linebacker prospect, but we can get into that on a different day. So to me, this is very clear. I'm curious to see how the NFL evaluates yeah. Michael Parsons because I think I think there's a decent chance he does go ahead of Dallas, right? Like if you're looking at Denver, picking at number nine, they've addressed their cornerback needs. There's really probably not going to be an offensive lineman they like there unless they take Rashawn Slater. Probably a quarterback's not going to be there. They're not going to draft a wide receiver or a tight end. That seems like a natural fit. Wouldn't even shock me, Landon, if Micah Parsons goes four to Atlanta, assuming they don't trade out of that spot. So That would be... Yeah, good luck. I, well, listen, the, the, this is one of the guys that we're crossing our fingers as yeah. gone because if he, if he goes inside the oh, top yeah. nine picks... You are, I mean, it's going to be fantastic for how it plays out at number 10. So uh, that's our opinion on Michael Parsons. We would love to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, tweet us at the show, at Lockdown Cowboys. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. Make sure you send all your Michael Parsons complaints to him. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.